0: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Fondazi Fire! That's right, everybody. This is a Fondazi Fire Show, and this is the podcast where we ask the question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but since this is a podcast today, the answer is more Tortugas. And joining us (laughs) today is Jeff, also known as D'Angelo, from the Tortuga Twins. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. And with me, as always, is my lovely and beautiful wife, Katie, Mighty Mouse Matryska.
2: Hi. (laughs) And Teresa Meese, our amazing, wonderful producer. Hello.
0: So, Jeff, uh, I know that you do... The Tortuga Twins, but I'm not sure that everybody listening to us may know what the Tortuga Twins are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your show and introduce yourself?
1: Uh, okay. Um, well, we are a three-man improv story-based comedy troupe that travels the country uh, doing special events, many, many, many rena- Renaissance festivals, et cetera, where we pull people out of the audience and give them the opportunity to kind of be the star of the show. Uh, some people might know the, the format as a trunk show which is where uh, entertainers uh, have a trunk full of props and they pull people, you know, silly hats, swords, et cetera. Um, They pull people out of the audience and uh, tell a story using them as the actors. And depending on the situations we put them in and how they react, we improv off of that, which is a lot of fun. Um, Very, very uh, audience interactive, uh, you know, and, and we've, Kind of taking it to a different level where we make it a lot more character based as well, um, because we like poking fun at ourselves and we try not to do it as much at the, the people on stage. You know, it's more about us. Uh, but but again, we keep that interactiveness, which is very popular nowadays, um, you know, not necessarily in a pandemic, but before the <laughs> right. pandemic, it was very, very popular.
2: <laughs> so which festivals do you perform at?
1: Uh, okay, well, we have worked the bulk of the larger ones, but currently we're working zero, zero festivals because of the pandemic. <laughs> right. Do you right. see a theme going on here? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's pretend there wasn't one. The fairs that we're doing, our tour starts in, uh, February in Phoenix, uh, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. Then we move to, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Then, um, then... Sorry. Then we move to, it's all right. I've got my (laughs) daughter over my shoulder. Uh, Then uh, after Georgia, we move on to the Bristol Renaissance Fair outside of, it's about halfway between Milwaukee and Chicago. Then we move to Minnesota where we all met. Yay. Um, Just outside of Minneapolis, which is just so you know, I'm not, this is not lip service. It is my favorite show of the season. Uh, If I could only do one Renaissance festival of a year, that would be the one.
2: Is it because I'm there?
1: Yes, it is. It's all about you. It's totally it's
2: about, about me. It's all about the pretty
1: girls. Hello. Uh, uh, sorry, I love you too, Adam. Don't worry. <laughs> ah, that's all right. uh, and then after Minnesota, we go to North Carolina. Just uh, It's Huntersville, just outside of Charlotte. Uh, and then we go on to the Louisiana Renaissance Festival. Wow. So that takes us from... Uh, the uh, roughly the first week of February through about the twelfth of December, um, it's a pretty full year. And then in 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 between, you know, we pick up, uh, you know, corporate shows, weddings, um, you know, uh, I believe all three of us are actually ordained now, so we can all perform weddings. <laughs> um, uh, Scaramouche, Ron does most of them. Uh, he he just seems to get a, get, get a kick out of doing them more than the other guys do. Uh, so it's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, you know, basically we'll do just about anything for a buck, you know, that's, that's the, how you got to get through life nowadays.
0: Yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite part about performing the circuit like
1: that? Uh, my favorite part, um, about touring or doing the shows themselves about touring.
0: Both. Um, <laughs>
1: Okay, well, I've said I've always said that I I enjoy working on the road, but I don't necessarily like living on the road, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and there are times when we're kind of forced to live on the road because uh, many of us national touring acts get a big RV, pack up the family and go show to show. And that's our life. We're full time road brennies, as we're called. Uh, But I've always more preferred myself a businessman that happens to be masquerading as a renaissance festival performer. <laughs> um, cause I, I, I started renaissance festivals owning a home and I once again now own a home where I had a, a, a period of about four or five years in the middle where I was a full-time Rennie, um, road Rennie. Uh, but, uh, now we've kind of settled down, um, in Arizona, uh, strangely enough. Uh, and we love it here. Uh, it's great. We know the area. I mean, I've been doing the fair here for, going on, I think t- like twenty six years. We've been doing this Renaissance Festival, so you can imagine.
2: How many years have have you been performing at Renaissance festivals?
1: Um, I have been performing at Renaissance festivals for I think thirty seven years. Okay. So since when? Since you guys were, um, I don't know, um, still zygotes? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> than that I, I was one <laughs> so yeah so yeah so that I run into that more and more often nowadays Uh but yeah I've been doing them a long time I got my start in uh, Tampa Florida or actually Largo Florida it's now the Tampa show it's moved but okay. the Bay Area Renaissance Festival in Florida which is another mid-America fair owned by the same people that own Minnesota Kansas City and St. Louis wait, Fl- St. Louis that's the one thank you yep. yeah yeah So he knows, he knows things. How'd you get started? Um, A waste of a great education. Um, (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) uh, I was dating a girl. I was a theater geek. Um, I did mime. Um, I hate admitting that, but I was good at it. Uh, uh, I was a theater geek and I was dating a girl who was involved in the fair. I had been once and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know, I mean, of course I was, I was, uh, 17, 18, um, And, uh, I had a huge crush on this girl and she was involved in the fair and she said, you should come audition. And I'm like, okay. And (laughs) I got in and, and just fell in love with the people and the costumes and everything about it. And that's how I eventually met, uh, Ricky Raphael from the, from the troupe. Um, and when we were what, like 18 and 20 respectively, um, I'm the youngest of the three of the founders of the show, um. Uh, we looked so much alike that we were constantly mistaken for each other. It just every day. And if I show you pictures of what we looked like back then, you could, you would go, oh, my God, I can totally see it. Um, and we thought, wow, what, would it be kind of a cool idea to do like a twin brother show? Um, and he was like, yeah, that'd be fun. How do we, what should we do? And I'm like, I don't know. And we came up with this idea of spoofing um, uh, the Cinderella story and pretending that we were twin brothers from from a uh, well we it ended up being sardinia but it, we, we were kind of almost gypsy characters which was very funny based on the accents that we no longer really do um <laughs> and uh, we were looking for this lost princess and the only way the only thing that we had was this little tiny shoe that we had to fit on her so it started off as just a lane act it was just a hit and run and a hit and run is where you run in and you do something really quickly you know make people laugh and then disappear again um and uh, we did this little bit where we'd run into a crowd of people and be, brother, brother, it's her. I think it's her. She must be the lost princess. And, and we grab the woman's leg and we'd pull her shoe off and we'd toss it into the crowd and all of her friends of course are laughing at her and she's like what the hell's going on and then we try to squish <laughs> this little you know big enough to fit two toes in maybe you know Br- brother brother push harder harder we tell her suck in suck in and we, you know nothing would happen and <laughs> we'd, we'd be dejected and it wasn't her and we'd have to keep you know keep searching and then we just basically like walk away with her hopping on one foot in the dirt trying not to get her sock dirty or whatever the case may be um <laughs> And we did it once at the Sarasota um, Medieval Fair, and we did. We broke into it right after the parade, so there was kind of already a good crowd at post crowd, you know, post parade crowd, and uh, and it just it went over really well. The timing was good, and we'd been doing long enough to be you know secure in our characters. And after we finished our bit, we went to walk away, and the entertainment director came over to us, and he's like, "What did you just do?" And we were like, "Oh crap, we're in trouble." <laughs> and, and I said, oh, well, we were just doing our little bit or whatever. He goes, it was fabulous. And we're like, what? He goes, that was great. Can you do that all the time? I'm like, yes. And that's, <laughs> that's how it started. And then like two, three years in a row, we won like best new Lane Act or whatever. And then the entertainment director kept saying, you know, you guys really should expand into a stage show. It's, you know, we need more homegrown acts and you guys have something, you know. And it was basically because we were silly and cute. You know, that's all gone now. We're old and gray now. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and we, so we started writing, expanding it. We're like, well, how do we expand this? All we've got is trying on a shoe, you know, right. that's really, so, so I'm like, well, what if we make like a ritual of it, you know, and, and build, you know, like, a uh, it's part of an initiation test. It was like, Ooh, this is like the, the sacred initiation test. And this is the sacred shoe. Um, so we, we built up, uh, a whole thing that went around it with the climax be the trying on of the shoe. So we told a story about the missing princess and a little bit about her, um, and then culminated in the show or in the shoe. And it, 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 it worked really well. And again, it was just us being cute and silly and we hadn't even begun to cut our teeth on our abilities and improv. And this is where we started figuring it out because. The more we did the show, the more random stuff that we just said off the cuff became part of the script, and we were like, "Hey, we're kind of good at this this improv thing. <laughs> this is kind of cool." So uh, Ricky, Raphael, and I did the show for a couple years alone, and then I'm. Um, I hope you don't mind. I'm blowing up your ears with the entire tortuga no. history no. here. I, is, I like okay. it. Okay, yeah, I love it. Okay, so uh, and then then there was this guy Ron who was doing Scaramouche Comedian Jungler, um, and he was juggling, and he was a huge fan of our show. We didn't really know it at the time. Um, And he had seen our show so many times, he knew a good chunk of it verbatim. And uh, we got an opportunity to go work in the Keys at the uh, Florida Keys Renaissance Fair. Um, My mother was ill with cancer at the time, and I couldn't travel, I needed to be home for her. And I didn't want us to pass up on this opportunity um, so uh, Ron volunteered he's like hey I could go do the show with Ricky in your stead um, and I'm like alright sure I, I mean you know you're cool we, we know you eh, give it a shot so they went and did it and they had a blast and it went over well and Ron had toured like for a season um, doing his juggling show and he had done like Kansas City or not Kansas City uh, uh, oh maybe actually it was it was Kansas City um And uh, maybe maybe Michigan and Colorado. Um, And he used those connections to get Tortuga foot in the door. Um, And they got offered some some uh, contracts to go do those shows. And I still couldn't travel. So they went on the road and they started doing shows without me. So the only show that I did was the Florida shows. Well, um, uh, eventually my mom passed away and it freed me up to do more. And whenever we did, we, we decided also after they toured for a couple of years that it, it, it would be fun, you know, to do a three-man show. And on like on, a, uh, on an April Fool's Day, uh, we brought Ron up and the three of us did the show together. And it was sloppy yet hysterical <laughs> and the people absolutely <laughs> adored it. Um, so we, we thought, man, it's really cool. We have a lot more control on stage um, of the characters and the people, and, and, you know, and just throwing another comedic mind in the mix was really kind of cool. So we finally decided that day to um, uh, make it a three-man show. basically told all the fairs that we did. Hey, we're a three man show now. Um, This is just take it or leave it. And every fair jumped on board with it, except Colorado was the only one who said, nah. And, and I don't think it was for any other reason than they just wanted to cycle out something different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So then we started touring Uh, Arizona, I think was the first one that we did Uh, and we, we killed it here. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, we moved on to, uh, Minnesota, which, you know, what's happened to Tortugas in Minnesota. It's just, they've embraced us because they're the crazy kind of sick people that like living in negative 50 degrees. So, you know, they gotta be a little nuts to put up with that. So that seems to be where they love us the most. Uh, and then somehow we're hit with a NASCAR crowd in North Carolina too, which I'll never understand that either, but I'm grateful for it. Uh, and guy the rest is history i guess you know we've been touring now together uh for you know over 30 years i have know. a question and yeah
2: do you still have the first slipper
1: um the i believe that, that we used. do i do it, we we had a special leather pouch made for it <laughs> and all of that stuff exists and then there was also we um uh, we used to like act out the story. You know, we talk about like how you know when we were searching, we were searched high and low and far and near for our princess. We combed the forest, and we had these little wooden combs, and we'd do this. You know, we combed the hillocks, and we'd comb Ricky's chest hair with it. And somewhere we all have the pouches with the combs in it too. Those are somewhere. Um, I, I, I'd have to dig through a storage unit in Florida, but I'm pretty sure all that stuff exists. I still have the original. They were kind of like red genie pants. We've moved on to black tights with cod pieces, but we had yellow shirts, which I stitched sloppily on a sewing machine myself when I was like 21 and the genie pants and uh, pleather boot toppers that I made, you know, that that plastic leather with rivets in them, you know, (laughs) Um, God, there's some great pictures out there. I would show you some of them, but if I try to show you on my phone, which again, this is audio only. It would mean nothing to anyone but you that I can see. Um, it'll dump out the audio because I can't get out of this page. But anyway, I'll, I'll someday <laughs> ask me and I'll show you. Um, if you guys out there want to see more pictures of us and learn more about us, you can also go to tortugatwins.com also and, uh, and, and check out our website, uh, check out our touring schedule and look at silly pictures of us doing silly things with silly people. So did
0: you guys did you guys have any improv training when you started or just kind of like pick it up as you went
1: You know I I I can't say <clears throat> I had theater training um I can't say that I've had any formal improv training other than you know like the the kind of improv just like practice stuff that you do you know warm up improv warm, warm ups for when you're getting ready to do a part or a theater show or whatever other than that no but I, I've always been and I, I believe I can speak for the guys, too. We have all three of us have always been that guy that his brain is wired in such a way where he takes everything that everyone says in the room and usually twists it somehow into something potentially funny. You know, I'm not saying we're always perfect. Sometimes we say something <laughs> and it falls flat. Oh, but another good thing about the Tortuga Twins is we have learn to embrace those moments when you say something and it just goes nowhere and we poke fun at each other because of it and through those screw ups we've really flourished because our crowd looks for it one of the things that we don't do when we the only time we ever really rehearse is when we write a new show we 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 rehearse it to the point where we pretty much know it and then we take it on the road and we, we, we call it, first of all, the first, first year that we have a script on the road is called the year of suck because it, <laughs> it's just absolute crap the first year. But in that first year is when we start improving our way out of the holes we get ourselves in that eventually become scripted pieces and that's when it gets good and the crowd just adores it when we screw up. They love it when we get lost in the middle of a show and we literally look at the audience and go, "Where the hell are we? Do you remember what did I say last?" you know. Um, so we have those, you know, those 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 old man moments and they love it. They eat it up. So after we get a show up and running, we really don't rehearse it anymore because you know, it's going to be really interesting when we get to back to work after being off for a year plus. Mhm. You know, it'll be a year and a half without performing and without rehearsing. I can't wait to be there for those first two or three shows that we do. <laughs> so it's going to be a good time because I know I know us. We won't rehearse very much, if at all. So but it's it's a joy to do that. It's it's good. The, the coolest thing, and I will tell this to everyone all the time, the neatest thing is the rapport that you have with these people that you've worked with for 30 years when you know that you can start a sentence on stage and they can probably finish it. And that gives you a lot of power on stage. And the coolest thing is knowing that you've got that audience eating out of your hand and everything that you say is golden, you know, even when you screw up. Um, We did some theater shows. We did some tours. We wrote some non-festival touring theater shows that we also have on DVD. All of our stuff, again, is available on TortugaTwins.com. (laughs) <laughs> uh, shameless plug uh, well, the first one we did was in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida and my dad lives in Bradenton like an hour away uh, he came and he saw the show and he had seen me at a renaissance festival maybe once and thought it was cute and didn't really know well we did this three hour long theater show that he went to with wow. uh, you know th- thousands of people that went to this in this big theater uh, called the Palladium in downtown St. Petersburg and after the show, we did. We went to the after party. My dad came, and he walked up to me, shaking his head. And he goes, "He goes, I had no idea the following you had." He goes, "You could have literally taken a shit on the stage and
0: <laughs> would have <applauded> for you." <laughs> and I went, "Yeah, that's how you stack
1: the the cards in your favor, Dad." You know? So make sure they already love you, and then invite them to a party. Um, so that was that was cute, and that's a great feeling. So,
0: how long did it take before you guys had that kind of following?
1: Uh wow. I would say well we had we had that following really quickly in Tampa. It definitely took a lot longer for us to build that up. Um one of the things that that um that kind of helped us turn the corner was when we invented the well early on it was called the Beer Show. But then that became not so PC. Um, so we just turned it into the R-rated show because uh-huh. what happened was in Tampa, um, we had so many friends and we loved to drink and they would bring us beers during the show. And invariably, someone brings a beer and I'd go to take a sip of it and some smart ass in the audience would start saying, chug, chug, chug. And then the audience would jump in and they'd all be screaming, chug, chug. Oh, you might, you know, to not oblige. So I would chug the beer and they'd all applaud. And then, you know, later on in the season, it happened again, and more people would bring beers, and they'd make us chug them, and then all the guys would be chugging them, and (laughs) it was cute. And then the next season comes, and now we've got, like, eight beers lined up on the stage. And then the next season comes, and I shit you not – 32 beers lined up on the stage. Okay. <laughs> for three guys. So it got to the point where they were they were getting us shit canned. I, I apologize for all the <laughs> obscenities, but it just just you understand how bad it was. They were getting us so drunk that we were stumbling through the show. And they and, and our at the time, our 30-minute show was going almost an hour and a half long. And, you know, an hour of it was us just laughing at ourselves and trying to figure out where we were in the show and falling over some fun improv bit and going on some random tangent that and then eventually we'd all go, wait, we have a script here. Let's try to get back to the show so we can finish, you know, and then you have like. The festival, because it was the last show of the day, you'd have the festival, um, the entertainment director, standing in the back, laughing his ass off at what's going on. But then looking at his watch and looking at us, you know, tapping his wrist, going, guys, the cannon's going to go off any second. You really need to wrap it up. So we do that. (laughs) So then the beer show became a thing. We had signs and T-shirts made that said the Tortuga Twins beer show. And it was huge. And, And that carried on from fair to fair to fair. Well, some of the fairs have a no drinking policy for the entertainers. So we had to change the moniker of the show to the beer or to the R-rated show. Um, You know, Minnesota, again, you crazy people that are locked in ice for most of the year (laughs) spending, you know, the, the 10 months of the year that it's frozen um, drinking. So um, that fair being the party college of Renaissance festivals still seems (laughs) to be relatively okay. As long as we're careful about it, we still don't call it the beer show. Um, Uh, you know, we, 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 uh, where, where we can, we will try not to drink. Um, it's in, in, uh, the show in Tampa, we clearly, we couldn't chug 32 beers. So we had to start coming up with interesting ways to dispose of them, which also became part of the show from pouring them into our cod pieces, to gifting them to fans and making them <laughs> chug them, you know, no liability there whatsoever. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so it's kind of evolved over the years and so now we've kind of settled down into this cool R-rated show. Um, Minnesota fair, I think is only fair that we, we on occasion can drink a beer, um, when it's brought up or something else. I've had people hand me, Bottles of rum and flasks with God knows what and homemade concoctions that left my tongue (laughs) burning for three days. You know, it's just it's 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 this cool little club of crazies that we've embraced. And, and you know, we try to make ourselves one of the other things is we try to make ourselves as accessible as we can. You know, we want everyone to feel like they're part of the family and it's all one big party, you know, and that that I don't know if you guys are familiar with new kids on the block that are still out there. Yeah, making music and performing. And it's one of the things that, you know, they're getting long in the tooth. They've been doing this for a long time. And I, I, I admire everything they do because they spend so much time embracing their friends and <laughs> fans, friends, you know, um, and, and inviting them on a wild ride all the time. That's what makes people love them, you know, you know, as opposed to being standoffish, you know, oh, I'm a performer. I go on stage, I do my thing and I leave and now I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> That's no fun.
2: So your your R-rated show is one of my absolute favorite parts of the day, but I, I'm not watching your show because it's right after we finish our Uber show. Right. And our whole stage area and that little cove gets really kind of quiet at that point in the day. <laughs> and all we can hear is people cheering at you guys. And it is like so nice to hear all of that just like. They support you and love you guys so much and yeah. it just travels all the way over to our little it's, area. It's amazing.
1: Flexible. I yeah. It it I don't think it I can't remember if it was in Minnesota. Well, in Minnesota, we've had um um a competition with the joust there because there's a joust that that does overlap our last show and we've we've made jokes with them and we try to see who can be louder. You know, so like during our show, we'll hear them cheering at the joust, and we'll stop the show and go, "Oh, we got to respond to that," <laughs> and we get them to cheer. We uh, in uh, in it was in the Largo show one year. We had the, the the captain of the joust team come over to us and say, "Hey guys, we're trying to do a joust over here. Can you keep it down a little bit?" <laughs> so that was cute. You know, hey, I'd like to Foster. think that
0: your kind of your show is kind of in part responsible for many shows doing something different towards the end of the day or was there somebody else that did that first that you Um, know of i
1: I think you're right um i know a lot of shows that have done their adult show and that was completely predicated on seeing what we've done toward the end of the day um uh i think there were some there might have been maybe don juan and miguel maybe one other fair or one other show that's that may have predated us or about the same time that did their, you know, their weird show or the crazy show at the end of the day, because as a, a, again, on the inside, as a performer doing Renaissance festivals, the peak times are the middle of the day. So, you know, that either your first show of the day or your last show of the day is probably a throwaway, maybe both, depending on how many you do. Um, We at many shows do five shows a day. A lot of entertainers only do four. Um, But knowing that we had five shows a day, it was probably a given that the first or last one was going to be a throwaway. And, you know, originally we're like, how do we get people to come to that last show of the day just before the fair closes? You know, Mm -hmm. um, we know uh, as human beings at the end of the day is when everyone is the drunkest. (laughs) (laughs) We know that at the end of the day, that's when everyone's looking at their watch wondering if it's time to go. So we thought, let's try to figure out a way from a marketing standpoint how to get you know, people to show up at that last show of the day, Right. you know, and I, you guys understand that too. You know, you, you know, do more fire at the end of the day. It's going to be, it's going to bring the people.
2: Yeah. But that was originally, cause Adam didn't want to do the big fire prop every show.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's saying. laziness.
2: <laughs> Adam was like, we're not doing this every show. We're going to do it once.
0: <laughs> it was either we throw away the tentacle sticks completely, or we just put them at the end of the day. Uh, I understand. <laughs> And then it became well, but like, I mean, well, it's, wor-
1: it's, it's worked out.
2: Yeah, yeah, it has.
0: Well, and partly inspired yeah, by good. you guys doing your under show, it's like, how do we get people not to leave the cove and go over to the Tortugas and stay over here for a little little bit longer?
2: Right, and that's
1: well, I mean, but that's great.
2: We we moved our time so that we would be right before you guys, so anybody who wanted to do both, they wouldn't have to choose.
1: Yeah, we don't make them choose, and I and I, I love that too because I hate. I hate when there's a, uh, I mean, because there's a lot of acts, including yours, that I just adore, both the the act itself and the people that do the act. Um, And I hate it when I hear that they're like, ugh, you know, we can't do anything for our last show because the Good Twins are going on. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) I I feel bad. I just like, damn it, I, uh," you know, I guess it's a good problem to have to apologize for being popular. That's that just that's weird. Um, so so I See, love I- it because I, I'm I'm always happy to try to if, if there's if there's room for us to work together and adjust a time schedule, because we've moved our show before to try to benefit other people. We'll do it. I, I you know, I, we're kind of a destination show. We know people will show up. There's very rare times when us changing our our show time is going to really hurt us that much. And if it can help someone else. There's room for everybody here. I mean, ultimately, we're a team. You yep. know, it's mm-hmm. not we're not a bunch of individuals out there. We're working together as a fair for the for the the betterment of the unit. You know,
2: See, and I was all like, oh, shoot, we have to cancel our show. It's Tortuga time. Dang.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, every now and then and I got you know, I always do that, that just so you can come hang out with us. <laughs> you know, I still want to get you guys to do something on stage with us. We, know, we've more. done it once. We did one. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. blew out your yeah. last show. <laughs> it was great. It was great. We have, um, we've, we've been working on an idea for a show and we haven't really talked about it publicly that much, um, if at all, uh, working on an idea of a show of doing a, a musical R-rated show. And so instead of our, the R, R-rated show it would be R-rated show, the musical. Um, and we were talking about trying to make it happen for the the anniversary, the big anniversary of the Minnesota fair. Uh, but then the pandemic happened and production and writing and, and everything on it, brainstorming really came to a halt. Yeah. Um, cause if we want to do it, we want to do it right. We want to bring in someone, um, and I already have that someone in mind, um, to, to write original music for it. Um, you know, so we would get just basically at certain times during the show interject, you know, Hey, this reminds me of a song and then break <laughs> into a song or a rap or something that goes along with that section of the show. I like um, it. And, you know, and it would also be uh, a great opportunity for us to film something new to put on DVD, which you could get at TortugaTwins.com. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So we're, we're always working on something in the back of our minds. But as we've gotten older, we've also, you know, we've got families and children um, that takes up a little bit of time, you know, it I, does. I actually appreciate being able to spend time with them because I kind of like them.
2: I kind of like, you them know, too. so that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's not to like?
2: I know. I'm <laughs> just saying.
1: So and uh, I can see also that I, I came from a showbiz family. My mother was a ballroom dancer. My dad was a professional singer. Um, wow. So I was kind of doomed to showbiz on some level, I think. Um, and I think my daughter has that gene, too. And I'm I'm apologizing to everyone for that because she's going to be a performer <laughs> for sure. It's
0: going to happen. <laughs> so. We have one yeah. that I could see being a performer and then the other two. Hey, you know, Haley's in the royal court now, but they. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, she's awesome. I don't know what the other two will do.
2: <laughs> I heard yeah. that she jumped out of the parade to go give Jess a hug. I believe the it. last the last year <laughs> we were out there. But yeah. So yeah, for
1: those of you out
0: there who don't know, Jess is
1: my oh, wife. Yeah. Yes.
2: Sorry.
1: <laughs> She's pretty cool and very huggable.
2: She is. She's some of my yep. favorite people to hug. Yeah. So I, I need to bring up one thing, Jeff, for our listeners, because okay. this is extremely important. Okay. <laughs> you are an avid Disney fan just like I am.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted something. to make that. I mean, I mean, I, I Wow. I can't even begin to tell you what a big dis I have collect I ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was have, very happy um, when it, I,
2: when, when you came over for dinner, that, that I think it was the first time you and Jess were over for dinner before the baby. And, uh, yeah, you were talking about, you were trying to buy something Disney. And I just remember freaking out internally going, oh my gosh, such my people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have a storage unit filled with like signs from the parks, you know, like the, the, know. the, the, signs that you see on the light poles that say 25th anniversary or whatever. I have, uh, all at five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, plus all the special stuff like Mickey's birthday party. Uh, um, I'm looking at one right now, an Olympic one. Um, I have a bunch hanging up in the, in the kitchen and in the hallway, and just all kinds of collectible stuff. And then we have a shelf full of stuff as well, all kinds of stuff from all the different shows. And my arm is covered in tattoos that are, yep. I'd say 90% of my arm is Disney owned, whether it's Marvel, pirates of Caribbean, um, Oh, God. Uh, Avengers, which is Marvel. <laughs> oh, Star Wars, which is also Disney. Yes, they own everything. They're Great. smart they people.
2: Do. They do. They're smart they people.
1: I own stock in the company for that reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we did uh, We did an interview podcast. We're trying to do like our own performers. And so mine was spent 90% talking about Disney and my love of Disney. So See, that's awesome. Just wanted to yeah, bring it up that can, you also I, love Disney.
1: If you ever want to do a Disney podcast, let me
2: know. <laughs> We might we have to do that. We could totally
1: do that. Do that. When yeah. was the last time you were at one of the parks?
2: Uh, too long ago. I was there um, February 2019 with my mom and my sisters. We were going to go do the um, princess oh, race. The marathons? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So
2: the thing is, is that my mom right before. So we went in February and in December, my mom had a seizure. So she wasn't able to run the race, but she still wanted to go oh, down I'm sorry with sorry to hear that. Thank you. And then. What even November? My sister was teaching a fitness class and jumped and landed, and her Achilles tendon broke. But she was still, still like after her surgery and everything, she was like, "I am going to do this half marathon (laughs) if I have to hobble it." And she like talked to Disney, and they figured it all out with her. And they were like, "Well, you can still do it." And she's like, "Great." She had a little like she had a a scooter scooter for it, and they didn't they didn't have anything against it on the the website and they didn't mention it to when she was talking to them. So we get there the morning of, and they're like, you can't do this race.
0: You can't, you can't scoot the race.
2: Yeah. And she was like, but nobody said anything to me. And they're like, yeah, you, you can't scoot the race. And she's like, okay. They said, what you can do is you can start out and you can go point one mile to a van. And we have other people basically who have had injuries who same thing. They won't they oh, refund you. Okay. So you can go do it and still get the race. Um, so I decided to stay with her because my other sister was running with a friend of ours and they'd been training together and, I had not trained for this race at all. So I I probably would have died trying to do it. So I was like, I'll stay with you. And so I stayed with (laughs) her. And it took us 45 minutes to go that one my, point one that mile. Point one mile because she was hobbling and I was hobbling doing this because if, the races, the runners just go. And so at the finish, right. you don't want to get pulled over by a runner. And we got to that, that van and we got in and then we waited another 45 minutes for other injured people who had a variety of injuries who were kind of like my sister. I'm going to do this. And then they said, no, you can't. Or they realized they couldn't. And then we got uh, they drove us to the finish line. And then the only time ever in my life I beat my sister at this race so it shows (laughs) yes because well yeah so we got in the van and we get out and we we get out of the van and people are getting out and I looked at the guy at who worked there and I said where's the finish line and he pointed at the little magnet strip and he goes right there and I ran over it and I turned to my (laughs) sister I said I beat you because she's a runner and I am not that's awesome
1: she's always been
2: faster but this one race will show that I beat her time
1: Well, and that's one thing, one thing about Disney. They're not perfect by any means, but they're usually pretty good about making sure the guests are satisfied.
2: And that's what I like about them is that you don't have to if it's not going to be magical because it's life and there's humans involved, but they're going to still try to help you and try to make sure you have a good time. i love that about them. I want to go.
1: Absolutely. I was there in January. I had to get my last little fix. You know, masked up, distanced. Um, The parks were, I mean, essentially empty compared to what they normally are. So it was. I actually wanted to take advantage of it. So I wanted to get my Galaxy's Edge fix on. So I did all that. So
2: we should go when we can together. I know we've mentioned it. That would be fabulous.
1: It would be great. The kids would have a. I mean, you know, my daughter grew up there. Her first trip to Disney, she was, uh, which I, I don't think she was even a year old yet. She mm-hmm. was probably yeah like ten months old I think and she's been every year since she was born yeah. multiple times so yeah. she's <laughs> like me I've I've I grew up going all the time so that's awesome yeah. Adam
2: finally the, the... drank the Kool Aid after being married to me
0: yeah I've been inundated
1: yeah. you'll get you'll get su- you'll get sucked in eventually Don't come <laughs> to the dark side that's right <laughs>
0: we did do a uh, a trip around Epcot with Mark Lazarczyk.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Oh, I bet you that that was fun. It was. He was super chill and he just like everything was so slow. It was weird because I was like, Mark, you're not going like you're just walking and you're not caring about things and your things are rolling off his back. And it was just really nice to see him. So just serene and relaxed and the kids are running around. Yeah. yeah. And one of my
1: favorite favorite things to do is to do beers around the world at Epcot. Mm -hmm.
2: I just like being in Epcot.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just it's, like it's about to get a whole lot better. Disney. Do you know what's going on there? What? Do you know what I did they're... at one point? So a new firework show, right?
2: Well, yeah. They have a
1: new firework show already. Um uh was it the Universe of Energy is turning into the Guardians of the Galaxy show, uh Oh,
2: that's right, I coaster, forgot about that. <gasps>
1: a three sixty spinning interactive coaster. Um they are uh building uh what is it uh what is it, like 1313 13 Cherry Tree Lane or whatever where Mary Poppins is in the yeah. UK. Mm-hmm. They're doing a, a Mary Poppins attraction. Nice. And then in France, they're opening the Ratatouille attraction. <gasps> yes. Which is already open in Paris and is hugely popular there.
2: We should <laughs> go to Paris, Disney.
1: So there's <laughs> there's a lot. Oh, I'd love to go to Euro, Euro Disney. Let's I'd, do let's it. Sign me up. Let's go. Gosh. I want to do them all. It's all I on my bucket list. I want to go, yeah. Yeah. Do all the Asian ones as well. So,
2: yeah. That'd be awesome. Let's do it.
0: I feel like we got a little distracted Sorry. from uh, Renaissance. Sorry, we, did, we really <laughs> did. We went on a total, absolute
1: Disney tangent. That's how it happens. I like uh, it. And I think you've given, I've given you like the entire history of the, the I think so. How long have we been doing this? I don't even know. How long is it 50 minutes. About
0: 50 minutes.
1: Really? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, I told you uh, we've got some well, shows and scripts in the work we wrote a new show we wrote a yeah. new snow white show which was would already been on stage if it weren't for the pandemic so we'll do a little a little bit of work we the last couple shows we did we tried to break them old a little bit and make them more us and less people on stage still interactive but not as many bodies on stage with us but this okay. next one we're going to go back to our roots and make a um it's a, a lot more like the Robin Hood show which we was our first trunk show okay. so we have the shows we have um in order of of when they debuted edwina which was the lost princess show <clears throat> the edwina show robin hood big bad wolf captain morgan on the in the island queen uh troy story um <laughs> and now uh yeah then now snow white uh we were working on three little pigs it was slightly political. Um, uh, yeah, because the big bad wolf at the time was. Uh, 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 his name was Donald. <laughs> <laughs> he was a narcissist and everything was about him. Um, uh, and it, I, I, you know, things happen. Climates <laughs> change and things don't get ridden. Uh, we'll see if we ever, ever start to do that one again. The Snow White show, actually, we wrote in, oh God, I think we wrote it in like, uh, 2000 maybe. Um, and it just sat. How
2: long does it take you?
1: To write a show? We can, we can write a show in a couple months, but this one just happened to get written and we wrote it as a trunk show. And then it got rewritten, rewritten as a, a three man show without the trunk aspect and we didn't, we couldn't decide which was better, and it just got shelved. So, so then we, then I think then it, um, Big Bad Wolf replaced it. Okay. Um, and it sat, and and I'm a big proponent of making the most out of the material you have. And I'm like, guys, you know we're sitting on a show. It's been sitting in the dust for two decades. Let's look at it. And so we went over it and, I mean, of course, a ton of the the, the humor was so dated, it needed to be <laughs> updated. So we, we, we freshened it up with new jokes and stuff that made more sense today, today's, you know, day um, and age. Uh, and then we started running the lines and worked out some of the stuff. We have things called, <laughs> we have jokes in our show, which we know are going to get cut, but we don't have anything better at the time. <laughs> so we leave them in. And we call them butt weight jokes. And the reason why we call them butt weight jokes was in the original Edwina show, there was a a thing where we'd uh, we'd go, um, you know, blah 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 blah. But weight and one of us would go I don't know, about eight pounds, you know, <laughs> waka waka waka. And you know, in our in our infantile humor abilities back then, we thought that was hysterical. And being that we were new and we were cute. People would chuckle oh, at yeah. that still. And even there's still people today that would chuckle at that, but it's just not our humor anymore. Yeah. So, and we but knew they good. would get cut. So that is what that's that, that was, you know, so if you ever have something that comes out that you go, we know we're going to change this, but we don't think better to put in that spot right now. That's a butt weight joke. So not even, <laughs> we have a lot of those really yeah
2: movements when, when, it comes to choreography, we have a lot of those of I don't really know what else to do. Well, let's just do this right now until we come up with something better. So we have that. Well, and that's exactly
1: it. Whenever someone says, I don't like that, and and we we go, OK, what do you have instead? Well, I don't know. I'm like, OK, well, until you have something better, this is what you get. It's (laughs) it's both filler and motivation for someone to write something better. (laughs) I know it sucks, but it's all we got.
2: So do the three of you all write together or does somebody come up with a script and then you guys all edit it? Like, how does, how does that dynamic? uh,
1: So we, we do, we do both. The shows have been different from time to time. We have some shows where one of us kind of took the mantle and wrote, you know, like, so first we, we, we write an outline, you know, intro, um, introduction, you know, introduction to the story, um, uh, audience member pick, uh, Uh, audience member pick number two, conflict, resolution, uh, you know, climax, resolution, uh, exit lines, had pass. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's your formula, you know. Um, And then we start plugging in, you know, what's the conflict going to be? What's the resolution going to be? How do we want to pick this person out of the audience? You know, what's the best way to do it? Uh, And then we all just start throwing ideas in. Um, so, so, and then, and then once we get a rough script together, then we'll, we'll pass it off to each other. So we kind of do both. So then I'll take it and I'll go through. And then what we do is in the script writing, we use a Google doc, you know, nowadays before we used to have to send the file to each other and use different (laughs) colors. And now the three of us can sit down and live edit it together on, on our computers and, of course, you can't see, but I'm doing this as I'm telling you. Um, that's, I was moving my fingers as if I was typing, for those of you that can't see what I'm doing. Uh, uh, so then we can we, – and then what we'll do is we'll uh, color code the lines. First first thing we do is we just write the script. And then we look at the lines and say, who is most likely to say this line? Because it's funny, when I when I come up with jokes, they're usually spoken in either mine – ron's or ricky's voice you know we know we know how the other guys talk we know you know this is a really sarcastic line most likely Scaramouche would say it you know (laughs) this is a great comeback to that d'angelo would definitely give him this zinger back you know so and that's how we write so then we color code the lines and then if we have something that maybe we like maybe we don't we put it in parentheses so we can all vote on it later and the beauty of having three people is there's always a resolution Right. You know. So I don't have to convince all 3 of us to like the line. I only have to convince one of us to like the line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, we yeah, have Adam who's our
2: terminator. He just terminates everything he doesn't like. Oh,
1: he has veto power. Huh? He right. well,
2: yes and no. I mean, cuz when it what it happens <laughs> is I'm I usually try to choreograph something and then I have Brett who is also helping me choreograph things and he is really good with imagining what I have envisioned when I have when I choreograph when it's I want it to look this way. And then then you have Adam who comes over and goes, no, we're going to light ourselves on fire. We can't do that. <laughs> and then he just Get stares no at us. Reason. And then for I'm like safety. Ah, yeah, now I have the re- safety card. I have to redo it. Like he doesn't give me anything to do it as he just tells no room me no for
1: face safety in fire shows. What are you
2: talking <laughs> about? So we've started calling him the Terminator.
1: Yeah. It's like a stuntman going, "Oh, I'm and... sorry, I can't do that stunt. It's too dangerous." Right,
2: right. Can't believe
0: you. <laughs> Somebody has to.
2: Brett has even gotten the band to try to learn how to play Terminator to play for Adam at times.
0: I just don't think it's recognizable <laughs> enough.
2: But it's funny to us. I mean, he doesn't want you to do it on stage. Well, he wants him to do it behind stage.
1: Sure. What he there wants. are absolute. There is absolutely room for jokes that are just for the entertainers because yes. we do it. There are some things that we can't take out of the show because they make mm-hmm. us laugh, and if we I laugh feel- on stage, the audience usually follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's, there are times. Brett- there are times where we'll go on.
2: i to say, Brett doesn't want him to do it on stage. He wanted it off stage so that we're ready. Like,
0: well, there's been times too where I've come, come on stage with the whips and they started playing Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, that too.
1: <laughs> Everyone thought <laughs> that. That's awesome. <laughs> that, I, I love that stuff. Right. Yeah. And they also That's do. The chick- but I also, also I'm that, I'm that, a geek of that era too. So, yep. Who doesn't love? I should Indiana actually Jones? have an Indiana Jones tattoo on my arm. <laughs> I have to add to it. There you go. Here's a franchise I've left out. Well, Jeff,
0: I'm going to wrap things up here. I just wanted to thank you for taking your time on this Sunday to come and talk
1: to us. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you. And for those of you out there also, if you want to know, I told you, TortugaTwins.com. If you want to check out my Facebook page, D'Angelo has one. It's D'Angelo Tortuga, D-apostrophe-A-N-G-E-L-O, Tortuga, um, on Facebook. Uh, We also have a fan club page on Facebook, and we also have a membership fan club, which Mm -hmm. is really cool because there's constant contact content. And videos that we do every day, and you get to see our inner workings of our lives from day to day, and how boring they can be, but also how exciting they can be. So, I mean, check that out too. Um, and if you if you're so inclined, and you hear this, and you think it's awesome, um, uh, go on to Facebook and let me know you heard the podcast and you enjoyed it. It's really nice to I, I love the feedback. I appreciate that stuff.
0: If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents. What do you want on your favorite podcast platform? And we'll see you next time.